Under President Donald Trump, people seeking asylum in the United States would have to wait outside the country until their cases were heard. It was a change in long-standing American policy, one decried as xenophobic by immigration activists and one that Joe Biden vowed to overturn. Right now, migrant camps are popping up on both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border. They're filled with people who escape dire circumstances in their home countries and seek a chance at officially living in the USA. But the Biden administration is telling these people, much like the Trump years, better luck next time. I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Today, we start a two-part series on what's going on on the U.S.-Mexico border with LA Times reporter Molly Hennessy Fisk. We'll begin with a dispatch from Reynosa, Mexico, where about 2,000 people, mostly Central Americans, have set up a camp. Later this week, we'll go to Del Rio, Texas, where an estimated 16,000-plus migrants, the majority of them Haitians, have set up their own tent city after crossing the Rio Grande. The Biden administration won't allow the former group to come in just yet, if ever. As for the latter group, they're getting deported. For decades, U.S. presidents have grappled with how to treat Central American refugees who hope to live here. From Clinton... I will do everything I possibly can to overcome that different treatment. To Bush... The immigration issue is one that is a complex issue. Uh, We've made progress on principles. The issue uh, will require more than just the administration's involvement. It requires a willing Congress to address the issue. Under Obama... I have pushed to the limits of my executive authority. We now have to have Congress act. And then Trump. The Democrats have launched an assault on the sovereignty of our country, the security of our nation, and the safety of every single American. On the campaign trail, current President Biden campaigned against Trump's immigration policies that separated children from their parents, among other issues. We're going to work to undo the moral and national shame of the previous administration that literally, not figuratively, ripped children from the arms of their families, the mothers and fathers at the border, and with no plan, none whatsoever, to reunify the children who are still in custody and uh, and their parents. Once elected, he vowed to close a border camp that had popped up in Matamoros, Mexico. More than a thousand asylum seekers lived in tents, sometimes for months, with no sanitation system and criminals and law enforcement alike terrorizing them. That camp closed last spring after Biden reversed Trump's asylum policy. But soon after, another camp formed just 50 miles away, to the west, in the city of Reynosa, Mexico. Molly Hennessy Fisk is the LA Times Houston bureau chief. She frequently reports from the U.S.-Mexico border. Molly, welcome to the Times. Thanks for having me. Migrants from all across Latin America have entered the United States through the Mexican border for over a century, like my own grandparents, even my parents. But critics say these large migrant camps are a relatively new recent phenomenon because of Trump-era policies. That's right. Biden ended Trump's Remain in Mexico policy, which had required asylum seekers to wait in Mexico while their immigration cases were pending until there was a decision, and that can sometimes take years. 
Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen says it's real, sustained, and serious. Make no mistake, this chain of human misery is getting worse. Nielsen was testifying before the House Homeland Security Committee. Once implemented, individuals arriving in or entering the United States from Mexico illegally or without proper documentation may be returned to Mexico for the duration of their immigration proceedings. If you seek asylum, do so in the first safe country. Mexico has offered you refuge. If you want a job, that is not asylum. If you want to be reunited with your family, that is not asylum. If you want to just come live in the United States, that is not asylum. There are legal ways to do that. If kids don't eat in peace, you don't eat in peace. If kids don't eat in peace, you don't eat in peace. Biden ended Remain in Mexico, emptying the Matamoros camp. But he continued another Trump policy started during the pandemic called Title 42. That essentially blocked asylum seekers from entering the U.S. The Biden administration is scrambling to manage a growing humanitarian and political challenge at the U.S.-Mexico border. I can say quite clearly, don't come. And what we're in the process of getting set up, and it's not going to take a whole long time, is to be able to apply for asylum in place. So don't leave your town or city or community. I'd been visiting the Matamoros camp since it formed several years ago, and I went down to see it start emptying out. Uh, Soon after that, I went to Reynosa and saw the new camp form as asylum seekers who had crossed the Rio Grande, many of them with children, were expelled. Reynosa was an even more dangerous border city than Matamoros, where migrants are at constant risk of being kidnapped and trafficked. A lot of the U.S. volunteers who had crossed to work at the camp in Matamoros told me that they were afraid to go to Reynosa. So the current camp in Reynosa, describe it. How are people living? What's there? So it's a tent camp, and in that way, it's similar to Matamoros. Uh, It started in the gazebo of the park, which is called Plaza Las Americas, and that's why they call the camp that. And then it grew as the tent spread around the gazebo, so now it just looks like a big sort of circus tents and tarps and clotheslines strung among them. People were cooking on cook stoves until the local authorities took them away. I also saw a priest arrive and do an open-air mass where people were singing and praying amid the tents. There were also Mexican ministers who came and distributed food and clothing to adults and children who would line up to each get, you know, a lollipop or a taco or a glass of water. It's not very sanitary. There's a volunteer clinic, but very little health care for people, a lot of coughing going on. And it's not clear how much COVID there is in the camp, but it's certainly there. And we're talking about 2,000 people or so. That's right. Adults and children, the people who came from Central America were families. And you had like one parent would cross with one child and be allowed to stay in the U.S. because the child was like a baby or a toddler. But the other parent um, with an older child was sent back. And so now the families are divided. The people who are there at Plaza Las Americas, what are they telling you about how they got there? 
The migrants I spoke to told me that they were really frustrated, that they felt unsafe where they were, but they felt like they couldn't leave because it was their only chance to get to the United States was to stay in this camp and hope that the Biden administration would change their stance on asylum seekers. Some of them had heard what happened in the Matamoros camp, and that made them hopeful that if they just stayed and waited, that just like Matamoros, they would be allowed in. I spoke with Emerita Janeth Alfaro Palacios, a Salvadoran migrant who came with her 17-year-old daughter. Like other migrants I spoke with at the camp, she said after Biden was elected, she came hoping that U.S. immigration policy would change. So she was telling me that a lot of them came to the U.S. to get more opportunities. They were hoping to be able to enter. They thought the Biden administration was going to treat them differently than migrants had been treated in the past. But now that they're there on the border, the laws have been changing and they don't really understand what's going on. We have a dream to come to the United States to work. Most of us know that we're not going to rest to take vacations in the United States. The majority of those who want to go to that country is for work. I also spoke with Jose Torres, a Guatemalan migrant who came and crossed the Rio Grande and then got sent back by Border Patrol. He uh, had seen one of his friends die in the process of trying to cross and enter the United States. And he was still waiting in the camp, trying to get in. I asked him if, while he was in Border Patrol custody, if any of the immigration officials explained to him why he was being returned, if he understood what Title 42 was. And he told me no, that no one told him anything. They didn't tell him what Title 42 was or why he was being returned. They really didn't tell me much. They said they were going to send me to Mexico. There I tried to see if they gave me asylum over in the United States, but they told me they couldn't do anything right now, that they were going to send me back here and that I should look for help on my own. We'll be right back. Molly, the Central Americans who are in the Reynosa camp, is it related to the caravans of migrants from the region that have been traveling through Mexico by the thousands in recent years? Well, it's related in the sense that some of the same conditions that drove people to join the caravans have driven people to come now. Um, Economic desperation, especially after hurricanes and storms during the past year that destroyed a lot of people's homes or, or in which they lost all of their possessions. Also, the coronavirus made a lot of the economic conditions there worse. People lost their jobs or lost business, but also the violence, what people will call delinquencia uh, or the gangs, especially in the Northern Triangle countries of Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Pamela Alejandra Rivas was telling me about the conditions at her school in El Salvador, where people were being threatened and killed by gangs. Well, Bertha is very dangerous because of the gangs. Where I was studying, they were also killing students. So out of fear that something would happen to us, we came. 
there's Americans trying to help the migrants in the Reynosa camp, and they're not happy with the Biden administration's move. Yeah, so some of the volunteers who are crossing to help at the Reynosa camp find it really frustrating. Like Brandon Tucker, he works with the nonprofit clinic, helping to get treatment for the migrants and also some COVID testing. And I talked to him about what it's been like trying to reestablish services at this new camp. He had worked at the Matamoros camp too. It's very frustrating, you know. We all hoped that this would go away, you know, that this would get better when Biden got into presidency, you know, and he closed the camp. And then the next day after the camp closed, you had a ton of people showing up, ready to enter, looking to get into the camp. They bulldoze all of our infrastructure, all the showers, everything. And now we're just restarting the entire process in a more dangerous city with less resources and no access to <laughs> anything. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, Reynosa is a whole different situation. It's, it's more dangerous, especially with the pandemic. I mean, in every way, it is it is worse. You also have Mexicans who are not happy with the camps. They're actually pretty bigoted about the issue. Yes, this has really um, come to a head in Reynosa where the mayor and other officials are trying to shut down the camp because they faced a lot of public pressure. You see it on social media, people making comments about shutting down the camp, that it's dirty, that it's contaminated, that it's spreading disease. Some other officials have also tried to close down uh, the largest shelter in Reynosa for migrants, and that's become a court battle. So... That's going on in Reynosa. And some of that had happened in Matamoros. And it had also happened in Tijuana back in 2018. There was a protest against Hondurans that had Mexicans screaming at them to leave. So the migrants I spoke with told me they felt unsafe at the camp, not just because people who live nearby in Reynosa residents would make comments to them or drive by and harass them, but also because they were at risk of being kidnapped and extorted by the cartels or people affiliated with the cartels there in Reynosa. Jose and Amarita told me when I was at the camp that they had recently been kidnapped and had to pay ransoms to escape. They were held with a lot of other people, including children. Jose told me that he thinks the Mexican police were in on it and we were messaging on WhatsApp this past week and he told me that he ran into his kidnapper uh, at a nearby park a couple days ago. You have this camp in Reynosa that's still growing. And then just last month, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Trump's Remain in Mexico policy was, in fact, constitutional and must be reinstated. Does the prospect of living in these camps for an indefinite amount of time have the migrants there considering a return to their home countries? So most of the migrants that are at the camp are from these northern triangle countries, right, from Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador. And most of the ones I talked to said they planned to stay, that they were willing to wait indefinitely because of conditions back in those countries, even though they were already running out of money for food. Some also said they couldn't afford bus fare home. Others said they, you know, obviously feared for their safety if they went back. Honduran migrant Leslie Pineda told me she feared for her life in Mexico after she'd been kidnapped for ransom recently, but she was even more afraid to return to Honduras because of the conditions there. Plus, like uh, a lot of others at the camp, she had a child who had already crossed to the U.S., so she felt compelled to keep going and reunify with her family. No, they had the país, no. 
Leaving the country wouldn't be a good idea. I think it would be good if migrants continue fighting to get asylum, instead of having them to return to their country, because it takes so much to get here. You go through a lot of things, and going back would not be convenient. But the longer they stay, I assume the more disillusioned or afraid they're becoming of their situation. Yeah, so the migrants that I spoke with, like Pamela and Jose, told me that the longer they stay, the more they try to just stay inside the camp or even inside of their tent and not leave because they realize that anywhere they go, there are more and more risks every day. Just like I I said, Jose ran into someone who he thought was one of his kidnappers in the park, so he's going to try not to go to the park again. But they do have to leave for necessities, like to get food or to shower. So every day is is a risk for them. Molly, are people upset with the Biden administration? You know, it's interesting. I didn't hear people being upset with Biden. I heard uh, migrants being more hopeful. They really believed that he was going to give them a chance, that there would be a change when Trump left office, and they still are clinging to that hope. When I talked to Jose, he talked about thinking that Biden would understand the position that migrants are in, hoping that he would see how they're having to live and that God would touch his heart and he would act and help them. Yes, I had the hope that the current president would be better for us, that he would treat us better, because we received so much abuse from the previous president, especially towards immigrants. He treated us like rats, cockroaches, all that. I remember then I thought the situation would be different with the new president, but I don't know. Things are going much the same way, but hopefully God can touch his heart and he can help us. Molly, thank you so much for this interview. Thanks for having me. Later this week, part two of our series on migrant camps on the U.S.-Mexican border takes us to Texas, where over 16,000 refugees, mostly Haitians, are being rounded up and sent back home. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Ashley Brown, Melissa Kaplan, and Marina Peña. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Lauren Rabb. And our theme music is by Andrew Epen. Special thanks to Hiba El Orbani. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us the Puchia Podcasts. I'm Gustavo Arellano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news on Desmadre. Gracias.